Hey everybody, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to this week's Cyber Church broadcast. Going to church with the whole wide world today. And that is no exaggeration. Our program goes into every nation on the earth as far as I know and as far as what all the platforms that carry our broadcast tell me. You know, as I said, when I, this year, I normally started every year talking about success, how to live your dreams, how to fulfill your goals and this sort of thing. And uh, of course, I'm, I'm coming from a whole totally different angle. I'm teaching, I'm teaching principles in January and, and February. And I started in the last week of December, if you want to go back and pick up on it. And then actually, I had to do uh, two or three reruns because COVID jumped in here and paid me a little visit. And uh, uh, boy, it was, it, it was tough surviving COVID. I, I, I just got to tell you. But you know what? God got us through it. Pretty phenomenal. It was pretty phenomenal that I even made it through it. You know, I have four of the top underlying health issues uh, that usually cause people with COVID to die. And so, uh, so I consider myself incredibly, incredibly blessed. And you, know, you know, some people say, Jim, you, fa you, you faced a lot of, of, of health issues. You know, really, my health issues got worse after 2005 uh you know i kind of i'd gotten healed of a kidney disease i'd got you know i really had some phenomenal things happen in my life in 2005 brenda and i were in a really bad automobile accident 65 mile an hour head-on automobile accident brenda came out pretty much unscathed and uh because most of it happened on my side of the vehicle and uh, man, I came out of that thing messed up. And so from 2005 till now, it has actually been a matter of sometimes getting healed in a supernatural way, sometimes going through a medical process, but it has been a journey of walking out of the complications uh, that I experienced from that automobile accident. And I'm not gonna go in, into all of that. But here's the great thing is that, uh, you know, you know, the Bible didn't say problems wouldn't come. I'll tell you what the Bible did teach. The Bible taught us that no matter what, what we're facing, we can always triumph. We can always overcome. We can always have victory. And so, you know, I've taken all of these life lessons that I've learned from walking out of, of health crises and financial issues over the years. Um, uh, by the way, many of those financial issues were caused by the health crisis. But anyhow, you know, the, the, the basic solution, the way you walk out of anything and into anything in the kingdom of God is all the same. It doesn't matter if it's health. It doesn't matter if it's money. It doesn't matter if it's ministry. It doesn't matter if it's relationship. It really doesn't matter what it is. And so <clears throat> there is this kind of mindset that, that thinks that when things get challenging or that when things get hard, that the rules change or we need something new or we need something different. No, Jesus is always enough. And knowing how to connect with Jesus and his finished work in our heart, not in our brain, not in our mind, not in our intellect, but in our heart, that is always the solution to everything that we're ever going to face. So once you get this down pat, then you always know 
what to do. The problem is most people never get it down pat. Most people never just go to the basics of knowing how to connect with uh, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the result is they're good people. They, they, they know God on some level, but they're not benefiting from what Jesus died and was raised from the dead to give us. So, you know, this year, uh, instead of just straightforward talking about about uh, you know living your dreams and, and your successes and all that kind of stuff, I really want to talk about some of the principles, some of the under uh, uh, girding principles uh, that really need to be in place uh, if you're going to put these kinds of truths into practice. You know, today I want to talk to you about freedom. Uh, from self-destruction. You know, I, I, I was a hippie back in the 60s, and I guess some of you were. And the word of freedom was really kicked about a lot by a lot of different groups, by a lot of different uh, religious and political mindsets. Now, <clears throat> what's happening in America right now uh, really happened in the 60s. You know, we watched cities get burned down. We watched, we watched, um, you know, murder rates skyrocket. We, we, we saw crazy laws passed that really didn't benefit anybody except the criminals and the people that were trying to destroy our country. And so, so you know, I've lived through one of these eras before, but many of you haven't. Many of you think that this is the first time that has ever been like this in America. There are a few distinctions about what we are going through right now as opposed to what happened back in the 60s. Um, number one is uh, the media is, today is totally corrupt. You, can't, you cannot get the truth from the media, pretty much anywhere from the media. And so, so that, that's a problem because you're always being lied to. What, what, what happens and what is reported are always miles apart. And man, I, I tell you, I've seen that so many times when I've been, when I've been on the scene of the, the reporting where it was, you know, where the action was happening and I'd watch what the news people would say about it. Uh, and I'm telling you, it would not even be close. So, you know, you know, we're dealing with a totally corrupt media. And then secondly, um, really in the 60s, even though uh, the same political agendas were at play, there was still a need to present the illusion of the American people having freedom. And I'm not saying we don't have freedoms, but the truth is we've never really ever fully experienced the freedom that the Constitution uh, offers us. And in fact, when you read the, the when you read the Constitution, when you read um, uh, you know the Declaration of Independence, when you when you read all these documents, you realize that even within these documents, it's sort of like the Old Testament. The Old Testament gives you all of these laws that if you do them from your heart with the intention of walking in love, you, you know, you, you will experience something incredible. But the Old Testament itself within that Old Testament law 
tells you it's impossible for you to do that. It's impossible for you to obtain righteousness through doing that. And so it's like the very system that it's saying this is this is as good as you can get it is also saying, but you're you're really never ever ever going to get there. But that's that's kind of the way the Constitution is, because in, in the Constitution. You know, the mother of the Constitution uh, tells us that, um, that in fact, uh, the only rights that men have in the Declaration of Independence, which I call it the mother of the Constitution, and you can't, you can't really properly interpret the Constitution if you don't accept the Declaration of Independence because that's the basis from which it was written. By the way, this isn't going to be all political today, but it explains the motivating purpose behind the Constitution, why it was written, and contrary to how it's taught today, the goal of the Constitution was actually to limit government's power over citizens. And so, so I'm going to read just a little part of the Constitution that I want you to get here. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. That, that is a truth that that we hold and that truth is based on belief in god and god as creator and he goes on to say that we are in that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life liberty and the pursuit of happiness it didn't say that these that these rights are limited to life liberty and pursuit of happiness it says that among the rights given to us by God. It says that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. So basically, this is saying you have uh, rights that are irrevocable. You have rights that nobody should be able to take away from you, and that the only real purpose of government is to ensure that you have freedom to the rights that are given to you by God. So really, the Declaration of Independence tells us that the Constitution itself can never really provide the rights uh, that we have. It can only attempt to defend them. And so, so you have to understand something. Freedom is something that is given to us by God. Freedom is something that is given to us by God alone. And true freedom, according to the Word of God, is given to us specifically through the person of Jesus. The Bible says that, that whom the Son sets free, uh, this is uh, John 8, 36, it says who the Son sets free or makes free is free indeed. In other words, you are experiencing uh, the true heart, the true essence of freedom. So the truth is nobody can give you freedom other than God. But the big thing that troubles me, and you know, I've been in ministry for almost 50 years. I've pastored for, I think, over 30 years. Uh, I've traveled all over the world, have ministerial organizations, had a, had a international uh, Bible college, uh, that has students all over the world. So, so I've been actually very, very engaged with people for a lot of years. And here's an interesting thing that I see, and that is that very few believers actually experience and enjoy the freedoms that God has given us 
through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, freedom is a really interesting thing. And let, let me just tell you something. Freedom, as much as people love to debate freedom, a freedom is something that only works to the degree that people uh, live and accept their personal responsibility. You know, one of the things that our founders pointed out is that really a constitution like ours that provides freedom only works as long as men are moral. And when men are no longer moral, and by moral, they're talking about moral based on what the Bible teaches about morality. You know, the amazing thing is, uh, you know, for decades we've been told you know, that our founding fathers were Christians. Actually, very few of them were Christians. Uh, they were deists. Some of them were Christians. And, and, but they all understood that in order to have a civil society, that the morals, values, and ethics as taught in the Word of God had to be what the citizenry uh, embraced. And all men had to, had to embrace these, uh, the Word of God, the morals, values, and ethics of the Word of God. Otherwise, our uh, republic would never stand. We would never, we'd never last. We'd never be able to exist. So, so we're given this freedom but it is a freedom that actually demands a personal, moral, ethical responsibility on the part of the citizen. If, in fact, people are not moral, if people are not ethical, then the freedoms that we have in the Constitution uh, become something that people hide behind. See, the freedom that Jesus gives is a freedom from sin, is a freedom from self-destruction, is a freedom from the things that destroy your life, and it is a freedom uh, to walk in love. Uh, and, uh, you no longer have to steal, kill, and destroy to get what you want out of life. You can walk in love and you can enjoy the freedom of God. And, and in fact, one of the things that the Bible warns about more than once is when you come into this freedom, do not use this freedom as a cloak or a cover uh, for wickedness, for sin, for self-destruction, for, for all of these kinds of things. So you take people who are not godly and you give them a constitution like we have, they can't help but use their freedom for wickedness. They can't help but lie, steal, kill, and destroy because they are not experiencing an internal freedom where they are experiencing the love of God. They are not experiencing the peace of God. They are not experiencing what Jesus made available to us. They are experiencing um, uh, the power of lust, of greed, of selfishness, of hatred, of prejudice. Their stuff, all of this is going on within them. And then the Constitution can be twisted to provide freedoms for the wicked instead of for the godly. Freedom for the criminal instead of freedom for uh, uh, you know, for the person who's a good citizen. You know, I, I've thought about this a lot, you, you know, and I, 
Golly, I realize anything like this I say could end up getting me snatched down off of Facebook, which, by the way, if I ever disappear, contact contact our ministry by snail mail or, or, or email or however, and we'll let you know where to find us because we're not going to go away. But, you know, I, I thought about this, and, you know, we all know this. We all know, for example, that that the next one of the next big things that will be coming our way here in America is the loss of our Second Amendment rights. Now it's really easy to twist the concept of gun rights and look at all the murders and everything that's in America and say, man alive, yes, we need to get rid of guns. But stop and think about it. So so we're going to lose a freedom to be able to protect ourselves, which is not only a biblical right, but it is a biblical responsibility to protect your family. That's that, that's one of the things that we're supposed to do. So, so stop and think about this. So we're going to be able to put together some type of a governmental uh, police force that's going to be able to track down every single gun that was legally purchased in America. Now, uh, but one of the things we're not going to be able to do we're not going to be able to track down the guns that were illegally purchased, which means the only guns that will be taken away are going to be guns taken away from law-abiding citizens. So my question would be this. Why can't you go into Chicago, where there are hundreds of murders, primarily of children and, and people of color, why can't you just go into Chicago and take guns away from all the criminals? Well, that would violate their rights. And so, so we have this way of, of, of taking freedom and corrupt people and using and hiding behind freedom as a way to destroy the rights of godly people, of uh, hardworking, taxpaying, responsible people. But in doing that, uh, it, it'll never actually solve the problem. There are no laws that can be passed by anyone, number one, to give people real freedom, number, because even the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, tells us that the freedoms that we have are from God. They are not from government. Now, the moment the government tells you that they're going to give you a freedom, then they are attempting to replace God in your life. And if they can give you a freedom, then they can take that freedom away from you. So, <clears throat> and let me be the first to say this. People say, well, how, how did America get here? I'll tell you how America got here. The church went to sleep. The church was more interested in, in chasing demons around, going slain in the spirit, uh, operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit within the four walls of the church. They were more interested in what I call spiritual entertainment than they were in winning our nation to Jesus and taking freedom to people through the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, and I'm just, just, just I mean, I'm, I'm not mad at church about that, but I'm just saying this is how we got here. If you think looking up at the sky and screaming at the devil is going to change anything, you, you are living in religious uh, delusion because uh, the problem is not the devil that's out there in the sky. The problem is the devil that's in the hearts of people who live corrupt lives. Now, <clears throat> so, so there, there's all of this talk about freedom, and 
sadly, in my lifetime, from the from the you know the revolution in the streets in the '60s to now, uh, almost every time someone has come on the scene talking about freedom, it has always been a corruption, a deception, a tool that was actually going to be used in the end to give somebody other than God control of your life. And they would define freedom for you, and God would no longer define freedom for you. This would no longer be something that happens between you and God. This would be now something that happens between you and, and somebody else, you and big tech, you and the government, you and you and Facebook, you and, and Google, you and whoever. So, <clears throat> man, I'll tell you, we are at a place where we do need the kind of freedom that only comes from God himself and that can only happen in the heart of a believer who starts living in that freedom in their heart instead of trying to impose a, a, a legal uh, freedom, if you will, a legislated freedom, and so trying to impose that on, on people introduce people to Jesus, and when people get righteousness in their heart, you know, the Bible tells us that law is for lawbreakers. You always have to have laws. You, you know, when you start doing away with laws that have consequences, then, then, then number one, it is impossible to have justice. And uh, 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 people run wild in the streets when there is no law, when there are no, when, when there are no consequences. But the thing is, law does not control godly people. Godly people are controlled by what's in their heart because they choose to yield to it. And, and like I said, you know, the, 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 one of the things that people hate about real freedom, and, and fake freedom and real freedom, there's such a big difference. You know, in fake freedom, somebody says, I'm going to give you this freedom and then I'm going to define everything for you. I'm going to control everything for you. I'll tell you what you can do. I'll tell you what you can't do. But real freedom says, in my heart, I have to be personally and intimately connected to God. And I have to choose to walk in love and choose not to be self-destructive, choose not to be destructive to my neighbor, not to be destructive to the people around me. And so, and so again, it comes back to personal responsibility. Now, here's one of the interesting things. When, when, you know, when the pandemic started and suddenly, you know, states started getting closed down, People were calling me from all across America, and they were saying, Jim, what do you think is happening? I said, I'll tell you what's happening. I said, this is a test. You say, what do you mean it's a test? A test from God? No, not a test from God. This is a test by corrupt people to see how many of your rights they can take away from you before you will stand up for yourself. And like corrupt people always do, they're just going to keep taking and taking and taking, and as long as the citizenry will let that happen, they're going to keep taking until they have absolute control over everything, including what you think, including what you believe about God. They're going to have control of your kids. They're going to have control of your money. They're going to have control of your time. They're going to have control of the air that you breathe uh, if, if, if we're willing to, to let that happen. Now, one of the things that I realize about freedom, and uh, even about rights, but it's, it's more about freedom. I don't really like to talk, use you know the term of, of 
of rights that can kind of that that terminology can kind of get twisted and and then everybody gets very selfish and says this is my right you know I have the right to do this I have the right to do this and da 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 I I, I prefer much more to talk more about about freedom the rights that are given to us um, that we can exercise by choice because because we want these in our lives. And, you know, there's a lot of things we were never given the freedom by God to do. We're never given the freedom to lie, cheat, st steal, murder, all of those kinds of things. Uh, but it seems in this new version of freedom, that's the one thing that uh, the wicked keep getting more and more of, the right to lie, steal, kill, murder, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, the average man gets less and less uh, freedom and rights to uh, make their own choices, you know, for their own life and this sort of thing. But... You know, when you think about how the church got here, how the church let the country get here, one of the things that you start realizing is this. You, we lost our freedom by degrees, and then it, it hit a tipping point, and then suddenly, bam, suddenly, all kinds of freedoms were, were taken away from us. And people say, well, how, how did that happen? How did we get here? Here's an interesting thing about a freedom. You don't know that you have a freedom if you're not living in that freedom. And so the church has had all kinds of freedoms given to us in Jesus, but the real truth is we haven't really exercised those freedoms very effectively. As a matter of fact, we haven't exercised those freedoms enough to recognize when they are being taken away from us. You know, I think, I think about, just imagine if you were to open your Bible and you were finding scripture that said, now that, you, now that you believe on Jesus, you can fly. And so all you got to do is go up on some mountaintop, jump off, and you will fly. Well, you know, you're looking, you're saying, I'm not going to do that. You know, I don't believe, I don't believe that. And so if somebody came along and passed a law against flying, you wouldn't feel like you've lost anything because you've never lived it, you've never done it, you've never tried it. Well, I want you to understand, there's this complete dimension in God of living in faith, of even living in morality and ethics and, and honesty and you know, you know, these sorts of things that, that Christians don't exercise as a freedom. Therefore, they don't recognize when corrupt laws are passed that take freedoms away from them. If we don't exercise honesty, we don't recognize when things become dishonest. If we don't exercise morality, we don't recognize when immoral purposes are coming into our life. If we don't exercise walking uh, you know, in mercy and forgiveness, then if it becomes against the law uh, for certain groups or certain people to get mercy and forgiveness, we don't recognize that anything's been lost. And so day by day, what's happening is we're losing freedoms, but the sad thing is we won't recognize it until it reaches a tipping point in our own personal life, and then suddenly we are facing incredible hardship. You know, I don't know if I've been able to cover this in a way that really made sense to you. I'm going to talk to you some more about freedom next week. I'm going to get into some real healthy aspects of it and what you can do 
to, to maintain your personal freedom no matter what happens in the world. Listen, I want to encourage you to check out our website, impactministries.com. If, if you'd be interested in helping us reach a billion people around the world, we, I'd really appreciate it. Again, go to our website and check out Operation One Billion. And I encourage you to get my book, Apocalypse, and you'll understand how the world got here, how we can stand in these times. Share this with your friends, and I'll see you next week.